0: on earth is gone and my activities here are past. I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my
1: Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle,
0: the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in Monday edition of the show. Lots to get to coming out of the weekend i tell you what, Indiana basketball, I did not see that coming as far as how well they played against Kansas, and they really and truly outplayed Kansas in that game, I thought deserved to win that ball game, and things just slipped out of their grasp at the very end, the last five minutes, not good for the Hoosiers, everything else, pretty good, maybe a lot to build on there, up and down, this season has went, good moments, Lots of bad moments, a number of hopeful moments about this team and what they can be in Big Ten play, so curious to see what's next for Indiana. The good news is they've got uh, an opportunity to come down to earth here with a few mid-major level opponents before they go back into the Big Ten Conference and high-major basketball basically the rest of the way. But uh, Indiana, I I missed the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the game and was just flabbergasted to see what the score was with them uh, at times kind of controlling things and with a nice uh, double-digit lead. Uh, Just not what I expected. I really felt like Indiana might keep it reasonably close, like, lose by 10 or 12 was my prediction, uh, just based on what we saw against Auburn. And, of course, you know Assembly Hall is going to give Indiana a boost. Those great fans, the stripe-out environment, look wonderful on national television. But uh, overall, I think a loss is a loss, but still a pretty good day for Indiana basketball to play the number two team in the country uh, to, t- to such a tight game. In fact, to have a lead over them for such a great portion of the game, and a great day for recruiting purposes as well. You can take that to the bank. I assure you that Saturday was good for those in attendance and others that Indiana is targeting. Uh, that is for sure. So a uh, big day for IU basketball. Lots more to unpack from the IU Uh, Kansas game, and we'll do that coming up a little bit later in the show. Really a big weekend of college basketball. I was busy, couldn't spend a lot of time in front of the television, but uh, sad because there were a number of really interesting matchups and good games to kind of get a grasp on things before we get ready for the uh, full slate of Big Ten Conference games coming up a little bit later uh, this month, really at the early start of January 2024. And I cannot believe that we are almost to Christmas, and I can't believe we're almost to the uh, calendar year of 2024. I don't know where this year has went, but it has absolutely flown by, and it's hard to believe we'll be into the full conference portion of the college basketball season coming up very soon. Also, before we go any further, another sad note. It's kind of been a sad time in Indiana high school basketball uh, the last few weeks with some deaths and George McGinnis last week of course great connection to Indiana and to basketball in our state passed away and Eric Montrose who uh, played at Lawrence North averaged uh, 21.3 points his junior year state championship his junior year senior year he was a parade in McDonald's All-American Indiana All-Star National Player of the Year went to North Carolina He averaged 15.8 points a game. He helped North Carolina to the NCAA championship his junior year and then had a nice NBA career. He was in the pros from 1994 through 2003. He passed away. It was announced earlier this morning. I know that he had had a battle with cancer. I think it was a fairly brief battle with cancer, if I remember correctly, but sad to see of his passing. and. This kind of will tell you my age, uh, right around 40 years old, I can remember really being starting to pay attention a lot more to basketball uh, and hearing Montrose's name. As a recruit, a big name recruit from Indiana. Boy, there were a lot of disappointed people uh, under Bob Knight's time there when uh, Eric Montrose did not come to Indiana and spurned the Hoosiers to go out of state and play for the nationally renowned Tar Heel program. Um, I don't remember his game necessarily. I mean, I remember maybe in college seeing him, definitely in the pros, but pretty young um, as far as when he graduated and all that recruiting stuff but definitely remember it being a major major miss and a lot of people uh, unhappy that he did not stay in state and when you when I think back to in-state recruiting battles where it didn't go Indiana's way. And there have been a number of them over the years that we've had this radio show. Uh, that's one that maybe the first one I remember not going Indiana's way or at least hearing people uh, complain about it or not be happy about it. But RIP, rest in peace to... Eric Montrose, uh, Wow, what a high school career at Lawrence North, Jack Kiefer, legendary coach. What a what a college career at North Carolina and then to play in the NBA for a number of seasons. Uh, wow, what another big basketball figure from our state from Indianapolis that we've lost uh, here leading up to the holidays. So thoughts and prayers to the family of uh, family of uh, Eric Montrose. Let's look at the uh, show lineup today. A service of Honey Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment are Hoosier Headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll talk more IU North Carolina. A couple other tidbits to pass along, including a couple football notes that are interesting and one on Tom Allen that really blew me away, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Also later today, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will be our guest We'll really dig into IU North Carolina with him. We'll talk some other college hoops things and probably t- touch on Coach Signetti and IU football for a moment as well. And then Chad uh, Gilbert will not be with us today, and uh, he is under the weather, so we send our thoughts to him and hope he... Uh, recovers quickly, especially with the holidays looming, but uh, that's our lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. They also have great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Tam in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, great time to hear from Indiana fans. I'd love to know what you think coming out of the weekend, coming out of the loss to Kansas. What did you think about the Hoosiers' performance Uh, Were you pleased with Indiana's performance? Is there such thing as a moral victory? Because if you believe in those sorts of things, I think that Saturday at home, the performance Indiana had, Trey Galloway, a lot of players stepping up, they actually hit three-point shots. That's what made it all happen, I think. They were shooting and scoring at will and across different spaces on the floor, and it really changed the look of the IU offense. But love to hear from you. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Questions, comments, whatever you got. Send it in to us. We'll get it on the air today, this Monday edition of our program. And if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And I keep looking out the window because just before I came on the air... I got one of those iPhone notifications that uh, winter weather and uh, some snow flurries were supposed to begin, begin here early in the 11 a.m. hour. So I think that would be, if it happens, our first snow of the 23-24 uh, winter season. So uh, not looking forward to that, but we'll see if we get any little dab of snow here uh, midday. Um, let's see here. Headlines today. Lots to talk to, lots to talk about, I should say. Let's get a little bit more into the Indiana game against Kansas. Uh, Indiana's offense was pretty good. Maybe you could say the tail of two halves for Indiana. Indiana shot 54% uh, in the first half. They scored 40 points against Kansas. And the second half was a little different. Kansas really, I thought, changed and improved their defense. And uh, Indiana uh, just failed to, or slowed down, let's say it that way, to put the ball in the basket in the second half. Indiana's defense, I think, instead of getting better, as Kansas did, in a tight game where they legitimately had a chance all the way through to win, I thought it slipped a little bit in the second half. But the standout of the game, Trey Galloway, Galloway, a career-high 28 points, 12 for 17 shooting, uh, made two or four three-point attempts, which uh, doesn't sound like a lot, but pretty important when you look at the three-point shooting of this team, and uh, be curious to see if he can build on it. Mike Woodson talked about that after the game. Can he build on this performance? Because if he could, maybe he'll become the Trey Galloway. Not necessarily. I don't think I ever saw him being a 28-point-per-game score, uh, at least on a regular basis, but the leader and uh, some of the other things that Trey does some and can probably do more. To help this Indiana team. It'll be curious to see if he can build on the performance from Saturday's game. I guess the biggest negative now that we're to this point of the season, Indiana's NCAA tournament resume, and I'm just telling you, as we get into the month of January, and we get a couple weeks into conference play, you're going to hear NCAA resume or tournament resume on TV, radio, internet, social media, everywhere you look. Because it used to be we save that term for later in the season when you start really looking at a resume and what wins and losses are and what standings in different conferences are. But now it's already started, to be honest with you. So the big negative is Indiana won't have a major non-conference win on its resume Uh, Lost to UConn by 20, lost to Auburn by 28, lost at home to Kansas by four. Um, Probably not a team Indiana has beaten in the non-conference portion of the season that will be an NCAA tournament team. So what does that mean for Indiana in January? Well, first off, this month they can't slip up. They've got to win these games and move on to January. Second off, when they get to the Big Ten Conference, it just probably adds a little bit of stress or pressure on the number of games that Indiana needs to win and the type of conference season they need to put together to help make up a little bit for a lack of a major non-conference win uh, for their NCAA tournament resume. So the good news is they're 2-0 in conference play, looking to January. The good news is, if you believe, as I said earlier, in moral victories, they had a big one against Kansas at home and played good basketball and stretched the floor out more and hit some perimeter shots and hit some three-point shots. That's the good news. The bad news, again, is no major non-conference win of note. And again, some reoccurring issues that continue that you probably will see pop back up uh, in Big Ten Conference play, how they work through those situations, I think will go a long way in determining what the future of this Indiana team is uh, for this season and for the, uh, I guess you'd call it the 2024 NCAA tournament, the big dance. Because once we get to January, it is, it truly is a quick quick turnaround between then and late February and early March and obviously the start of conference tournaments is, uh, conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament uh, as well. A couple other things to mention, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, man, he got some real minutes for the Warriors last night. I think he played eight or nine minutes in the second quarter alone. He had eight points in the second quarter, 14 points in the game for the Golden State Warriors. TJD, six of nine from the field, two of two from the free throw line, eight rebounds, three assists, two steals. A really, really good night for Trace with the Golden State Warriors last night. Good for him. I think he even had a big dunk. I saw a highlight on uh, after the game last night, but good for him. Uh, recruiting note for our IU basketball, they uh, – offered Jonathan Sanderson, a 6'2 point guard from the class of 2026. I believe Sanderson is from Michigan and uh, plays at a school not far across the state line in Michigan. So an interesting, I guess you'd call him Midwest prospect to keep an eye on in the class of 2026. And then a couple football notes on IU before we get to high school basketball over the weekend. Um, According to Pete Thamel, Penton State targeting former IU coach Tom Allen to be the school's next defensive coordinator. The deal is being finalized and is expected to come together in the upcoming days. That was tweeted out by Pete yesterday. Um, I guess a little bit of a surprise. I thought Tom Allen would coach again next season. I think I assumed maybe he would drop down a notch or two and be a head coach of a college program at the Division One level, most likely. Not sure I saw him being scooped up by another Big Ten conference team. But Penn State, I mean, that's a humongous role that he will play for uh, the Nittany Lions, which have been a great Big Ten Conference program. So a lot like Kevin Wilson. Obviously, the situations between Wilson and um, Coach Allen are totally different as far as how they exit the program and really why they exit the program. But kind of interesting that they both – at least initially, stay in the Big Ten Conference after leaving uh, the head coaching position at Indiana University. So um, I'm assuming that this will be final soon. Interesting to see Coach Allen um, stay in the conference. And I wish him all the best. Good guy, uh, fun guy to talk to, interview. Um, Wish him the very best. I just really thought he would stay as a head coach at a lower level of college football, to be honest. So I was a little surprised. Also, Coach Signetti on the IU basketball pregame, was interviewed by Don Fisher. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said how good things are going with recruiting, and how good things are going out of the transfer portal. And this weekend, Indiana, there was a lot of momentum. Some guys coming back to Indiana that are removing their name from the portal that are big wins, I think, for SIG. And then some incoming commitments as well. And I know Indiana's really hard after the quarterback at Center Grove. There was an update on that that seemed to be somewhat favorable to Indiana over the weekend. But he mentioned on this pregame show a lot of, I think he called them silent commitments, because players, I guess, are in bowl games with their existing program and, and don't want to or, or can't publicly announce that they are coming to Indiana next season. I'll be interest, or be honest with you with the transfer portal and things. I, I didn't know that you could talk to somebody that was still active in their season and still had a bowl game ahead, but I'm not sure how that works. Definitely an interesting comment. From Coach Signetti, that got some traction on social media over the weekend. So we'll be interesting to see what plays out. But uh, so far, as expected, I think, I don't think any big surprises. But the new coaching staff coming in with some swagger. With some excitement, they've been able to get some key commitments, some key transfer portal uh, signings, and it sounds like more could be on the way, which I think we all expect that given the turnover uh, of this IU roster with guys leaving to graduation, guys entering the transfer portal, and then just the general stuff that happens when there's a coaching change. So uh, IU football kind of still moving the needle some with the new coach in the month of December as far as rosters and setting the tone for next season. High school basketball, we'll get more into this later in the show, but I want to talk about this now. Um, I was wrong. Don't ever listen to me on my thoughts about high school basketball here locally uh, because I picked the Jeff Silver Creek game to broadcast on the Big X. I thought it would for sure be the best game between Jeff's Creek and Floyd Central Providence, and I was absolutely wrong. I guess in some ways I was wrong. Jeffersonville, Put together by far their most complete game of the season, the Red Devils generally in the game against Silver Creek Friday looked extremely good and looked like the team that I have predicted as maybe the best team in the area and the team that I think has the chance to advance farthest into the state tournament. Uh, The Floyd Central-Providence game, uh, Providence did what I expected. They built a 19-point lead. Floyd Central came back in the second half cut it to two points and ended up losing by four points to Providence. So, we're at a I don't want to call it a blowout, but we're at a game that's being dominated by Jeff and I see that Providence score narrowing up, tightening up. Uh, and I thought, yep, wrong decision here probably. but nonetheless, some interesting games over the weekend. Big win for Jeff, but that really was just the start of their weekend. They went down to Evansville Ballsey on Saturday and played Evansville Harrison, who by all accounts from people I trust there is the best 4A team in Evansville and maybe one of the top five 4A teams in the state. Jeff beat him, 49-46. In a fantastic afternoon game at Evansville Ballsey. So if you're Sharon Wilkerson, you got to be feeling really good about your program. A tough start to the year, a loss at Cathedral, a loss without Trey Singleton last weekend at Seymour, but you bounce back and beat previously undefeated Silver Creek seventy-five forty-eight, and a humongous win over Evansville Harrison Saturday afternoon. Jeffersonville, are they turning a corner? And for Coach Wilkerson's sake, I hope so because they've got. The Kokomo tournament ahead, they've got uh, another tournament ahead as well. Two, Two things coming up, Fishers and Kokomo tournaments coming up. They've got New Albany and Brownstown the first weekend of the new year. Then Floyd Central and Providence, two rivals again the second full weekend of the new year. Then they go on the road to center Grove and have Columbus East at home. And that's what things look like between now and late January for this Jeffersonville team. So we'll see how they do a lot of big challenges coming up for Coach Wilkerson and the Devils. Silver Creek over the weekend, after a 6-0 record, they dropped two. They lost not only to Jeff 75-48 on Friday night, but a 72-60 loss on the road Saturday as well at Bedford-North Lawrence. Silver Creek comes back to earth uh, here right after Christmas. They'll host the long-standing Silver Creek Holiday Tournament. Uh, that should be fun because I think uh, Silver Creek should beat Clarksville, Providence, the favorite over Charlestown. A Silver Creek-Providence game should be pretty good in the championship game of that tournament. That's some good basketball to get out and see. I don't think we can do the the championship game on the air because of an IU game that night. But looking forward to maybe seeing Silver Creek and Providence battle in the championship game of the uh, uh, Silver Creek tournament each year. Other scores over the weekend, I tell you, i got to go to Christian Academy next. Uh, we kind of previewed Christian Academy and South Central on Friday night as a really good 1A game. South Central's good, 5-2 and two on the season, and Christian Academy 6-0. and zero. But Christian Academy, 40, uh, 91-46 winners over South Central Friday night. I did not see that one coming. Thought that would be a good battle that would maybe replicate or be a preview to something we could see in the postseason uh, when, when we get the March in the 1A sectional. But Christian Academy absolutely rolled a good South Central for the win on Friday night. Also, New Albany in action over the weekend. I said I thought they would have a tough game on the road. New Albany gets a big win at Orleans. Bulldogs 4-2 under coach Jason Jones. Orleans, a good 1A program. Great coach in Tom Bradley. Neat place to play. I heard it was basically a sellout. Not far from a sellout. Great band, just a great environment, that sunken gym at Orleans. So, a uh, tough one for New Albany, and they were able to get out with a victory. I think they led throughout the game pretty narrow margins. Orleans either tied it or took the lead very late in the game, but New Albany able to hit a big three there right near the very end to go on and win, and a big road win. I know it's a one but they are solid. They are good, and New Albany has at Evansville Central coming up before Christmas. Also, they'll take on Corden Central at home on Friday night, and that's a game that we'll broadcast here on The Big X. So that's a look at some high school headlines from over the weekend and, of course, IU basketball and a little mention of football as well, covering a lot of ground here in this opening segment. We'll head to a break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll break down that IU-Kansas game. We'll talk about all of Coach Signetti's early recruiting and Transfer Portal successes as well, and maybe discuss what could be ahead for IU football as far as more coming from the Transfer Portal. Stay with us. You're listening to a Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. T.A. Jenkins and T.A. Jenkins Company, LLC. Proud sponsor of high school basketball on the Big X. Call Terry Jenkins at 812-989-7381 for your residential and commercial construction efforts. Design, build, or remodel. It's T.A. Jenkins Company, LLC. Call Terry at tajenkins@tajenkinsco.com. at That's G-I-N-K-I-N-S. T.A. Jenkins Company. Kratz Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team sports specialist and is your local Adidas team product dealer. Kratz specializes in outfitting your... Uh, Texter says, don't forget to mention that Floyd Central beat Bloomington South on Saturday night after putting Providence on the ropes Friday night. They're coming together, and I agree. I didn't have all the scores in front of me, but that was a game that we hoped to broadcast on Saturday but couldn't do it because of a conflict. But definitely the way Floyd rebounded against Providence, down 19, came back, cut it to two, lost by four, and then a win over Bloomington South. They are down. Bloomington South is down, but still a good win and a needed win for Fonzo White and Floyd Central. So the Highlanders have some size, and they've got some tools. It's going to be really interesting to see if they can put it all together as the season moves. Thank you for the text. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He's with us Mondays on the show to talk IU, and we'll get into basketball and football today. Zach, I don't know that IU fans or anybody believes these days in moral victories, but Saturday was a big one, I think, for Indiana, if they can use it to build upon for the upcoming Big Ten season. The Hoosiers look like a different ball club against number 2-ranked Kansas. They stretched out the floor by making perimeter shots and some three-pointers as opposed to just a dismal percentage and really a lack of shots from that range. But your take on Saturday, and is this something where Indiana has shown now they've got the talent, the ability to compete uh, with some of the best, they just need to put some of the details together?
1: Possibly. Um, yeah, I don't know if that sounds harsh. I, I, I think on the one hand, you know, if this is a springboard, and I think there are some legitimate reasons, you know, I mean, I obviously wouldn't expect Trey Galloway to score 28 points every game, but he's been looking for his offensive game, and it seems like maybe he's got a little bit of a, more of a pack back to it now. Um, you know, Gabe Cups probably needs to continue to expand his offensive impact, which you should feel good about 37 minutes I don't think he was ever really a, you know, kind of a, I don't know, a detractor or a negative on Indiana, potentially. Um, bench didn't go super deep, but neither did Kansas' uh, anything. I think maybe one of the things that really turned the game Kansas doesn't have a bench still self as playing expectations already. And I think Kansas just looked more comfortable with that late in the game in terms of you know, legs and focus. It, um, and McKinney I think, continues to look like he is easing into this a little bit more. I think he's averaging about 14 points per game across his last spot. He shot about 35 35- points percent from three across his last five um it just looks like he's starting to kind of figure out where he goes for his offense um you know how to fit his his different skills in as a three as opposed to the four and i think that's a kind of a longer conversation the other day i think it was a lot of good even if indiana didn't win the game but there's, there's a couple things i would say number one they didn't win the game and that means they're basically guaranteed to come out of the non-conference without anything particularly meaningful. Um, the best wins right now are probably floor that's Ken Palm 175, or Harvard on, you, you know you, I guess you'd call it a neutral floor. It was basically the home game wasn't in the on 156. Um, you're going to have to do a lot of work in a pretty bad Big Ten. Bad relative to its recent history. Um, you're going to have to find a way to win a road games i think you're going to have to be dang near perfect at home to not be sweating on selection sunday and the other thing i would say about the kansas game just generally is i'm not saying that this isn't maybe a bit of a breakthrough for indiana but they got to prove it because you know all the conditions were kind of optimal for kansas on saturday you had a sold out um you had a sold out assembly hall it was a great atmosphere Indiana played really well against Kansas offensively particularly with the first 25 minutes or so. I thought it was a good game plan. I thought Mike Woodson kind of executed a lot of things well guys rotations spot on and they still lost the game. So it's kind of one of those where I guess if I'm if I'm just sort of being skeptic for a moment it's that you can be encouraged by that game but the only way that game means anything for Indiana long term is if we could look back in a month or two months and say that Kansas game was when we finally saw the real Indiana put all the pieces together and that translated in a win at Nebraska, at Rutgers, or an upset of Purdue and Wisconsin at home, that kind
0: of thing. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, if you by chance are on speakerphone, it's hard to hear you. If you could knock that off, that might may help, but having some issues – uh, hearing you on my end at least. Uh, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. want to bring up Trey Galloway as well from Saturday. He had a career game, Zach.
1: Yeah, sorry, I was I had you on Bluetooth. I don't know if it makes any difference I took that off.
0: but um, Yeah, I think I can hear you a lot better. Yeah,
1: I mean, he, Galloway has really been, I think, struggling. I don't think anybody would deny that for his offense. So far this season, um, I mean, he'd only he'd scored in double figures in a few games. He was good in the Maryland game. I thought he was, you know, good in the right State game. Maybe not from the floor, but at least getting the free throw line. He shot eight free throws in that game, and he's had a few games. You know, I think his career high coming into this season was six assists in a single game. He's had two games of six assists and another of five already this year. But on the other hand, I mean, he's shooting a career low on free throws. Um, he's Obviously, after some of the encouraging results of last season, he's really kind of regressed um, badly in three-point shooting. He's only 5 of 26. And it's just kind of felt like, with or without um, Xavier Johnson, Galloway being sort of expected to, to pick up a larger offensive role this season, he's sort of been fighting to figure out exactly where that role is and where those minutes or not those minutes excuse me but where sort of the optimal I guess results for him are on the floor. Indiana ran a lot of stuff for him on Saturday in particular the sort of pin down dribble handoffs um, because Kansas was was shading so much toward Indiana's bigs that they were kind of they, they were dropping off all those handoffs which gave Galloway the option to curl around and either dump it back to the big or go to that little floater that he really likes or get to his right hand he's very good right around the rim with his right hand. Um, obviously not every game plan is going to allow that as much, but I think it's going to be very encouraging for Galloway to be able to look back at a game where Indiana needed a lot from him and, and it just felt absent maybe the five turnovers with Mike with Mike Woodson kind of put down the fatigue. He played 38 minutes. Um, he was able to answer the bell by and large.
0: Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Next up for Indiana, some mid-major level non-conference games. Uh then they'll head back into Big Ten play. You know, there's been some concerning moments and some disappointing moments, I know, for fans. They're also like that Kansas game have been some moments where Indiana showed their, you know, they have some potential. Uh, but really as you evaluate the 2023 portion of their of their year, of their season. I guess the big takeaway, looking to the future, looking to later this sh- season, is there's no key non-conference win. Is that the big standout as far as maybe an issue for Indiana looking at the NCAA tournament? I think it is just because
1: the conference is not very good, you know. And, and I mean, Indiana will have some opportunities. They played Purdue twice. They play Ohio State twice. Um, they play Iowa and Michigan State only at home, but they play Wisconsin twice. You know, it, it we'll see like what, I mean, the Michigan win might wind up, meaning I think it's still standing as their quad one win right now. And, it, you know, Michigan's top 50 in pin palm. And if, if they can pull some things together, that win holds up for you long term. They've already got a decent win away at Iowa. Um, you know, they have beaten St. John's and Stanford. But it's kind of one of those where, especially when you consider that Indiana, you know, Indiana played three top 20 Ken Palm teams in the non-conference. It lost those games by 20, 28, and four points. The mm-hmm. only one that was close was at home, and we know you've got to be able to do some stuff on the road to impress the you NCAA know, tournament committee. Obviously, first, Indiana's got to close with these three games, head State, North Alabama, Kennesaw State, without any real fuss in the non-conference. But you're in a place where Indiana... You know, is, I mean, Ken Palm's got them nine and eleven right now, and I'm not a slave to to the projections and, and you know the, the metrics and stuff like that. But a lot of these sort of numbers, when you look at the net, Ken Palm, Torvik, they all kind of generally agree that Indiana's below the average right now in the conference. And I think Indiana would probably to feel good on Selection Sunday have to at least outperform nine and eleven by three games. And you're just kind of in a situation where because you don't, I mean, there's only one Ken Palm top 10 team in the conference. There's only, I'm looking at their schedule right now at the moment. And there's a couple near this cut line, but there's, at the moment, there's only three Ken Palm top 20 teams in the conference. And you, only, you, one of those, one of those three is Purdue, which is going to be tough for everybody this year. And one of the other two, Illinois, you only play on the road if you're Indiana. So it just, it, it's a, you know, Indiana is going to have to basically be the team that played Kansas and not the team that played UConn and Auburn, like very consistently across the next two and a half months to get itself to a place where it's not sweating on Selection Sunday. And a large part of that is just, the, you know, not just Indiana but the Big Ten and the fact that Indiana, you know, if, if I'm looking at this schedule, there's a lot of Quad Two in this schedule for Indiana. There's not a ton of Quad One, and so when they get those opportunities. Whether it's a Purdue at home, a Wisconsin at home, you know maybe you can sneak up on somebody on the road. Like I mean, even like Nebraska right now, I think would be a pretty comfortably quad quad one win if it was on the road. Um, Your Indiana's got to be able to seize on that when it has the chance.
0: Zach Ostrom in the Indianapolis Star with us. Zach, I do want to transition to football for a moment. Coach Signetti over the weekend a lot of uh, uh, I think positive news. There are some guys coming back to Indiana that uh, are removing their name from the transfer portal. And there have been some other announcements as far as incoming players for the roster for next season. I don't have the exact language or quote in front of me, but he said on uh, the pregame radio coverage with Don Fisher that something about there were some silent commitments as well as far as players that might be in bowl games elsewhere playing. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Is that a thing? Like, I guess for guys in bowl games, do they – go ahead and enter the portal and kind of quietly would not be disrespectful to their current school and and move through the process on where they might play or is that something that's a no-no yeah i mean i think it, it
1: probably walks a, a bit of a a line <laughs> it probably exists in a gray area i mean it's kind of one of these things where every coach in america in the portal and nil era complains about tampering while every coach in america and the portal in an il era is probably engaging in some form of tampering at the same time um you know it's i I don't i guess i'm not sure that's like what kurt signetti said Strays all the way into sort of that sort of more you know illicit or you know against the rules kind of it, it feels like it exists again in that that sort of vague area that everybody needs to live in where you're You know, you're trying to hold on to your current guys, the ones you want to keep. You're trying to obviously add via the portal. You're trying to make sure that you're keeping everything above board, but you're sort of recognizing that it's not a binary thing. It's not that that uh, you know everything is either absolutely uh, with the rules or absolutely against the rules or whatever. Um, And it's also kind of one of those things too. I think about it like um, uh, you know bowl game opt-outs, where uh, you know no coach wants guys to opt out of bowl games they want to win them. But they also know that if they, if they stir up a fuss about guys opting out of bowl games, then the next, the next player may say, Oh, if he's going to be such a pain about that when I'm ready for the NFL, I don't know if I want to play for him. Um, so it's kind of one of those where everybody's also just kind of got to be aware of, you know, both ends of the, 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 the timeline, I guess. If you, I don't know if that's quite the right word, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. So uh, I don't think it's, Necessarily, like the, you know, the the, say, the first thing a coach would want to say, or if you understand what I'm saying. But I also don't think we're necessarily talking about straying into like rule breaking or anything like that. I think it's just kind of one of those where everybody's sort of living in this nebulous middle.
0: Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, needs for Indiana next season. I know it's still early as far as the portal goes, and this coaching staff is just now kind of laying down what they're looking for and really starting to get out there. What are glaring things that Coach Sig and the staff need to be targeting as far as uh, some positional needs for next season? Hello? Zach, can Can you you hear me? yeah, there we go. Um, I,
1: I, think, I think offensive and defensive line, I mean, you know, they, they've gotten a couple big wins on offensive line. Carter Smith is back. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Trey Wedig from Wisconsin has transferred in. He's played a bunch of snaps at a few different spots on the line. He was a, a really coveted offensive line recruit uh, when he picked Wisconsin. I think they've got some promising young linemen that, that, that were kind of ready for maybe a bigger role. But you're going to need to replace, uh, you know, four starters as things stand right now between guys that have gone to the draft, guys that have transferred out, or guys that haven't, you know, at least so far haven't announced they're their coming back. Um, and so you're going to need not just that, but you're going to need to replace the depth that you have to elevate in replacing some of those guys. And then, you know, defensive line, if you just look at just in terms of raw numbers, they just need guys. And I think they've got some, some decent pieces. I think Marcus Burris is a good player. Um, I think Philip Bleedy is a really good player. I can't remember off the top of my head. Forgive me if Linnell Carr has any eligibility left, but I don't think he went into the portal. But they just again, you know, you need to go too deep at most of your line spots, offense and defense. And they've done a really good job, kind of either adding or restocking or returning some some key skill guys. You think about Adonis McCulley, of course, Trent Howland. You know some of the guys that they've, you know, uh, Justice Ellison, the Wake Forest running back transfer that they're bringing in. Um, but I think that, you know, they, you need to restock those offensive and defensive lines to make sure that you're giving, you know, frankly, I would say some of the better assistance on your staff, the tools to work with to, to build, to compete along those fronts.
0: Zach in the Indian Apple Star. Zach, as always, thanks for your time to help our Monday program get rolling, and we'll talk with you next week. Enjoy Christmas, have a great holiday time, and we'll talk with you soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks
0: for having me, as always. All right, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us. Uh, the latest on IU basketball and football with him. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. More on high school basketball from over the weekend. Some other notes want to get to. We did not... Passion of an entire community. Be a champion of high school sports by buying a ticket to your high school's athletic events.
1: This is Unity this is pride
0: this is your IHSAA. the plumbers pipe fitters welders and hvac technicians of local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day the kfc yum center ford motor company and the omni hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to LU502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison What's one listen for? All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday program. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 is the phone number. Love to hear from you. I should say the text line number. Love to hear from you here on this Monday edition of the show. Uh, A couple other things to mention coming out of the weekend. Obviously, high school basketball is rolling. We are headed into holiday tournament season, which is a lot of fun. Um, of course, Jeffersonville will play at Kokomo. Silver Creek will host some of the uh, local teams in the long-standing four-team Silver Creek Holiday Tournament. Silver Creek, Providence, Charlestown, and Clarksville all compete in that tournament. Christian Academy, they've got some challenge games coming up. They're going to go over to Southwestern and play in their tournament starting a little bit later this week, so we'll see how they fare there. Keeping my eye on Christian Academy, Josh Renfro, that group in 1A this season. And I do want to mention Borden. Six and two on the year are the Braves. And Kasem Nash became the all-time leading scorer in the uh, Borden basketball program over the weekend as Borden uh, defeated Eastern Peak in 59-44 to win the uh, Washington County Tournament or Washington County Invitational. Uh, so um, there you go. Uh, obviously some fun, uh, fun basketball coming up here over the holidays. As far as Indiana goes, I didn't want to... Dig through the schedule here to kind of take you up to the start of the Big Ten season. No real exciting games. As far as non-conference, the rest of the way, as we discussed, maybe the biggest thing on Indiana's resume or lack thereof is no major non-conference win uh, in the uh, non-conference portion of the season. But there are some some games ahead. Moorhead State coming up on Tuesday night, North Alabama on Thursday. So some real quick turnaround here from the Kansas game. I like that for this Indiana team. Obviously, you don't want to see any injuries, uh, but I like the fact that they get right back at it twice Twice this week with opportunities to get guys minutes, uh, see what happens. Uh, Both of those, obviously, home games for Indiana as well. Then they'll play Kennesaw State after Christmas on Friday, December 29th. Then after that, Big Ten season. Nebraska at Nebraska. Ohio State at home, a big home conference opener. I guess you could say opener for the full part of the season uh, when the Buckeyes come to town. Rutgers on the road. Minnesota at home. Purdue at home, there there's some tough games, but I do like Indiana's draw as far as where they're at on the road and who they've got at home. I think Ohio State at home is big. I think obviously having Purdue at home is big. The Boilermakers seem to be playing great basketball. So some uh, fun games ahead for the Hoosiers. And speaking of fun, the IU women's basketball team having another great season as expected. A lot of fun to watch uh, some big wins for them in the non-conference. They are 8-1 and one overall. Um, of course, uh, that slip up to Stanford is not just a loss, but they got handled pretty good in that game. Uh, but the uh, women have been on a little bit of a pause. They have not played since... December 9th, which was last Saturday. uh, They will play tonight against Evansville at Assembly Hall. They'll play on Friday against Bowling Green. And then after that, it's conference games for them the rest of the way. They have Illinois at home on Sunday, December 31st, the New Year's Eve uh, afternoon game, a 12:30 tip-off. But the women, they're good, and it's going to be interesting to see how they fare in the Big Ten and if they can be right there near the top. I think they should be uh, with Caitlin Clark and Iowa. And there's a few other good teams, but I think the Hoosiers, the Lady Hoosiers, uh, should have a chance to be right up there near the top as well. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the show. No show tomorrow. I do have a commitment tomorrow. All holiday commitment, so no show on Tuesday. But we are scheduled to be back with you the rest of the week. And then as we get into the holiday week next week, there will be some days away, I know. But uh, looking forward to continuing the conversation on IU and see exactly where this team lands. When we get into the new year and uh, looking forward to getting out to some high school basketball games here uh, over the next few weeks as well. Have a great Monday. We'll be back with you Wednesday again, no show on Tuesday. And if you miss a live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. All right. Have a great Monday. This is the Hoosier report with Matt Dennison.